Hello, and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 111. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always... Uh, David McBurney, Family Master, definitely not distracted by hack and slash goodness. Lies. I smell lies. I can't believe that you would say this to your beloved co-host. Of course I would, because I know you're lying. <laughs> Listen, I have sat through a lot of you playing a card game and pretending not to be. Oh man, speaking <laughs> speaking of card games, no, you know, we'll get we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. No, we're not. <laughs> oh, we are. We are, because there's news, my friend. Oh no! Oh darn! <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, yes, live from Japan, Gaiji Mino Gitari. So, hi. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and I am, like, literally 90% through the entire map on Circle of the Moon right now. Nice. Sweet. Yep. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to beat Hugh just yet, and the save point before that boss is, like, five rooms away. And, and the shortcut to get um the shortcut to where he is make um I have to actually go through a room with the literal devil in it in order to make use of the shortcut. So that seems normal. Yeah. And again, this game has the most atrocious drop rates for healing items. Hmm. Just because if if I can have seventy one leather armors in a game where I can only use one total if I want to use it and I can't sell the things, but I have picked up a grand total of two meat through the entire game. Meat. Something's meat. wrong. Something. I mean, I have maybe in the grand total of things gotten maybe twenty healing items over the course of this game so far individually and they're really not coming. and two thirds of them were potions that only healed 20 hit points yeah they're not in a game where by the end I'm getting like 60 hit points of damage in one hit yeah not, not very well balanced here but wheels you'll never guess how much this game goes for second hand over here um Five hundred dollars. Oh, I wish. I don't think that five dollars go for dollars in Japan. Five yen. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> Though I have sold them for that. Oh no, I just found all um the three Game Boy Advance Castlevania games on a shelf um over at the local game store, and Circle of the Moon was a let's see dollar equivalent would be fifty five bucks. Oh. This was the low end. Wow. The other two were 85 apiece. <laughs> That's insane. Yep. They're not the cheapest things in the world here. But they're not that. <laughs> yeah. The, the big issue here is worrying about counterfeit ones. Because there were a lot of bootleg video <sighs> games to find on online stores. Oh boy, are there. You know what... Uh, a Nintendo original. A random aside, do you know what other bootleg stuff there is on eBay now? Oh, okay. Tons of bootleg Pokemon cards. Yeah, I don't think that's like a now. That uh, was always there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, did, I found that... Something I found, to my interest to you, Wheels. 
Yes. I found not one, but two copies of the Wonderswan color version of Romancing Saga. For 15 bucks each. Ooh. Yeah. Not bad. Unfortunately, my Wonderswan color has not worked for 10 years. <laughs> I don't that, feel like build quality is what those were known for. That, that sounds no. like what I've heard of the Wonderswan color. <laughs> yep. Those tragic last handful of swan crystals that still work. Mm-hmm. Which would help explain why the cost on this thing is so low. But I'm tempted to get it just to have it to kind of collect them all. Gotta catch them all. Yeah. Now, if they had had a copy of the Atelier game for Wonders One, I would probably have tried to grab that, even if it's likely to be eighty bucks, nope. just because it's hard to find. Just so that you can actually have a copy of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the handful of series that I actively try to collect for. So. Okay. So, we gotta... Well, Dave, I, I can hear your button presses. Okay, I'll be careful about that. <laughs> or I'll stop soon. One or the other. How dare you slay demons in our presence. Are you saying this is a pro-demon podcast? I mean, uh, I'm no. not going to talk because I, I think I killed two different bosses in Circle of the Moon during the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, but we couldn't actually hear you, so. Except when I was getting angry at a Dramalek. Yeah, but that's not the game. Yeah. Stop. Okay, are you ready? Are we ready? Do we have questions? Someone have the questions thing? Yes, yeah. I have. I actually have them open. Shockingly. Yeah, so, that's a little shocking. And of course, three from Budai and one from Eternal Youth. So, the usual sweet. Oh, never mind. Eternal Youth actually put three questions into one post. <gasps> yeah, it's that's equal. Cool. It's equal. That's fine. Mm -hmm. What was the first game you can remember that had cussing in them? Hmm. Um, intentional or otherwise? Grawlixed out or otherwise? <laughs> well, the. Probably the first one I can actually remember was this random thing I found on Tory Station, which was an old uh, bulletin board back in like '86 or '87. And oh. uh, I mean, meaning I was like six or seven. I mean, I was really young at the time. And somebody had put up. Um, I mean, they had all these really old DOS games, and one of them was a game where you were playing a guy who had been shot up with super powerful sex hormones, and you had to walk, had to navigate a maze, and have sex with as many women as possible in order to keep your blood pressure from killing you. That's very much the sort of thing you found you would find on an old uh, BBS. Yeah. But legitimately, the first time I saw cussing in a game was probably the original fan translation of Final Fantasy V. Mm, yeah, fan translations love that. Yep. Oh, I mean, it was really appropriate because it was like one of the early scenes in the third act of the game where or it's second act of the game where you'd just gone to the uh, other world and the villain had captured your guys and they showed Gallop on the long bridge and he just looks at this projection that Exodeth is putting into the air showing you guys captive and he's just like shit yeah <laughs> yeah yeah as you do yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the place that you would put that no it was not as massively gratuitous as some of the translations could be yeah fan translations uh, well, 
Let's just say that I'm thinking a lot about DJAP translations right now. Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Though, in, though in the case of Final Fantasy V, you could argue that the fan translation was a better job than the official one. I mean, it didn't have Y burn in it, so, I mean, it could scarcely be worse. Yeah. Man, why burn? There's... Why burn? Why not? Oh, God. But, yeah, for, for me, like... The first thing I can think of that, like, it stuck out to me is, like, Barrett's Grolic Static Obscenity in FF7. But that, does that even count? Because, I mean... There is actual cursing in that game. It's just, again, a lot of anything... It would just be, like, anything more harsh than damn would just get uh, yeah. censored out I mean, by... But if we're just talking about, like random non-alphanumerics taking the place of cuss words, then I would have to say Qbert. So, yeah. Hmm. No. Because, yeah, he he's cussing whenever he gets hit by a ball or a snake or whatever. <laughs> uh, well, anything from you? No, I can't think of... Like, nothing comes to mind. Was there any swearing in the original Resident Evil? You ask me, I don't know. Uh, like, everything in my brain is just going to all the, like, bad lines that are, like, bizarrely free of any sort of foul language to speak of, which is weird, because it was a very violent video game for its time. Like, my brain is just sort of, like, Sitting on the part in the opening live-action opening cutscene, where Chris is just aw- like in the worst emote possible, shouting, "No, don't go!" Very bad. Um, they censored out him smoking, but I don't think there was any actual cursing in like, there must have been something in that game maybe near the end maybe if we're going to go with Japanese I mean you could find instances of kuso kusotare kusokarai yeah uh, it doesn't really have the same impact in in Mega Man Battle Network yeah I mean yeah I, I, I don't doubt that that particular scene in Final Fantasy V I referenced he actually did say kuso or something yeah. similar and that that was just the literal translation it just sounds worse in english because we put an unnatural amount of focus on how awful the cuss words should be mm. compared to almost every other language on the planet so yeah so there's it doesn't really fit the same way yeah but yeah i can't really think of anything like there was like degrees of where i like noticed the first time i saw someone like the first time I saw a game where like there was just a lot of cursing like enough for it to know to stick out to me was when like GTA clones started coming out but that's again mm-hmm. really more a case of like degree and severity yeah as for early ones that like slip past Nintendo sensors there's the infamous like everything about the ending of Bionic Commando which really just is someone asleep at the switch really hard. I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, I, mean, I know it, I've heard of the game, but um, I'm not quite sure what you're saying here. 
uh, Hitler steps out and calls you a damn fool, and then the game, you shoot him in the head, and the game devotes, like, four, like, splash, like, essentially splash panels of his head violently exploding. Oh. The this ending to sounds like Commando somebody was... didn't make it all the way to the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it feels very specifically like, oh, someone didn't finish this when they were approving it. <laughs> Whoops. It's bizarre. But yeah, like just that image of like Hitler's head violently exploding and like one of his eyeballs is flying out. It's a very strange thing to see in a licensed product from on an NES. But I mean, certainly not the one that actually made it to America. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, NES. So I would make a distinction here between NES and Famicom. And of course, here, VideoGameMuseum.com has the actual sequence of screens. That... Yeah, yeah. Certainly not the first I saw. I did not have that game, but uh, certainly one of the earliest I can think of. They went to enough trouble to censor out the fact that he was Hitler. He's just called Master D, but, I mean, look at his space freaking face. Hitler. This is Space Hitler. Yeah. yeah. These aren't the Nazis, they're the bads. But yeah, that's that's one of the first like, oh, someone just swore in this video game and all oh no, something much worse just happened. Is there any swearing is there any swearing in Doom? There's not really, not really much conversation. This yeah, yeah, that's true. Like who's supposed to be swearing in that? Doom guy? Wasn't there the BFG? Although they... Yeah, but th that doesn't have an official name. In it. Yeah, There's nothing in the game that officially says what that is. Yeah, I really can cannot think of the first game I remember swearing. I think, but I think by that point I played so many violent games that swearing seemed almost <laughs> mundane. It seemed passe. Yeah. I mean, and if not the games, and if you're playing online, the players. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah can attest to that for many hours playing Halo. Yeah. Or every first-person shooter forever. Halo players had a special predilection for it? Uh, I mean, I was going to say, I don't think anyone's ever sworn at me playing Titanfall, but then they're it's kind of a small community at this point. Yeah, there's not. There wasn't really a period where that had a heavy enough community for it to really count. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is uh. This is stumping me. I'm gonna have to go back in time and try and figure out what this could possibly be. Like, I'm really at a loss. My first video game of sanity. I have to find the first game that contained the F-bomb that I played. Oh, man. Found. Well, now I'm just thinking about, like, that, uh, that, oh, which, which obscure old computer was this for? C64, maybe? Like, Pac-Man knockoff that, like, every time you died, the game would just scream, oh, shit! In that exact tone of voice. <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's, there, there's a certain amount of quote-unquote lawlessness among 
PC games at the time, where it's just like, you know, whatever, no one can stop us. That would characterize the Japanese PC game market for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, so. pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, should we jump to the next question? Sure. sure. We can't think of anything okay. more. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's a difficult topic to try and remember through. Yeah. We usually think of a game not running well to be a PC issue, but are there any console RPGs or even regular games that had issues with performance? Oh boy, are there. Everything on the <laughs> Nintendo 64 targets 20 frames per second and never achieves it. Oof. <laughs> Try playing the original Star Fox sometime. Oh, that thing. I think that targets like 15 frames a second and almost yeah. never achieves it. I, I fired up the SNES Classic. I was showing my son some of the games and I fired up Star Fox and I'm like, this is unplayable. It's not <laughs> I, unplayable, but it's, it is. It's different. bad. Differently playable. Sure. Sure. But yeah, that's a, that's one that always sort of sticks out as like, oh, well, you a lot of these you kind of forgive because it's like, eh, there was really no other option at the time. Mm -hmm. But like, early 3D had, there was disagreement on what was considered like smooth enough to be playable. Like eventually we sort of settled on like 30 frames per second should be your minimum target, but... Both N64 Zelda games target 20 frames per second, and that's usually what they're hitting. <laughs> Just to name, like, a famous and influential one. Uh, there's basically nothing on uh, PS1 or uh, PS1 that ever successfully hits uh, 30 for any meaningful length of time, except for really strange anomalies. So, yeah, if you want, if you want the true answer to this, go back and play anything that ran on those. I, I suppose like RPGs typically would run well, unless they were action RPGs, in which case they would just run it as every bit as poorly as everything else. Mm -hmm. I know, um, like I know, a lot of the action RPGs had issues with slowdown if you had too many things on screen at once. Oh which, yeah. For one reason is why Secret of Mana never had more than three enemies on a screen at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, like, um, oh, what was the game that you got me wheels this past winter? What is it? Xenon Valkyrie Plus. There we yeah. go. The longer the Vita is on, the greater the slowdown accumulates for Ooh. certain areas. That makes it sound like the game has a memory leak. Yes. Quite possibly. So there was, there's like the third or fourth zone where if quite likely if you're starting from the very beginning and just play straight through to it by the time you get there there's going to be some massive slowdown involved especially with one of the larger type enemies that looks like a clown that shoots out 12 shots at once that go out and spread out up and then kind of settle down um yeah i'm not used to console games or handheld games with memory leaks <laughs> yeah but yeah, if you go straight to it after turn after starting the game, um, it it is considerably easier, to, or considerably faster. I wouldn't say easier because the slowdown actually helps you dodge bullets sometimes in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Because <sighs> while the game is slowed down a bit, your um, its reaction to your button inputs is not nearly as slowed down as you would think. So I have actually done bullet time. <laughs> level before. Speaking of bullet time, Borderlands oh. 2 on the Vita is the thing. Like, it was impressive that that port happened at all. Oh, I actually uh, got a copy of it for cheap about two weeks ago. I'm going to be seeing how that works. It's And maybe selling it back. It's playable. It's not unplayable or anything. It's fully playable. It's just... Um, if you've played it not on... ideal. Right, right. <laughs> if you've played it on, like, an ideal platform, then it's obviously notice, noticeably slow. But it's it's actually... It's actually okay. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, I'm rem- I'm remembering a time where I actually had to point out a localization issue in a review of a Japanese game <laughs> because the I mean it was the Game Boy Advance port of Magi Nation, which was an American Oops. produced game, and the issue was that um, in um, the uh, item menu was based on alphabetical order okay? in English. <laughs> in English. However, it was it was not set to alphabetize things in English. It was just set that each item had its own spot on the on the item menu, and that the spot was originally dictated in the programming by the what letter it started with manually, as in. So when they translated all the items into Japanese, they kept their places in the item inventory. Good times. Yes. Thankfully, thankfully, the top healing items, or all of the healing items in the game, started with the same letter in English. Uh, and well, so they actually cool. they actually started at the top of the list, even though if you went by Japanese alphabetical order, they would have been down somewhere about three quarters of the way down. <laughs> so um, this was this would probably be very confusing for anybody trying to play this in Japanese. Um, who were actually sp- speaking Japanese. Probably a little confusing if you just don't have context for how it works in English, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, it took me a while to figure out why the order of items was so weird. <laughs> and then it became clear, and that didn't actually make it better. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, if you're doing, if you're putting stuff into katakana, then, then um, words starting with C, with K, and with G would actually be in the set, or would be using the same set of letters in Japanese. So, it looks really scattershot when you see the list in Japanese. (laughs) And, like, anything that begins with a B, including the healing items, would actually be put together with H's, P's, and F's. (laughs) So. Good times. Oh boy! All right. Any other terribly performing games we can think of? Like notably badly performing. Like you get into some of those things that it's like this is obviously trying to push a hardware limit and it's kind of dying as it attempts it. Like Shadow Shadow of the Colossus doesn't doesn't run good. Oh really? But, oh, no, I, so I really like that one on PS2. Yeah, but I mean, you get into certain areas and it's just like, oh, the game is, the PS2 is choking on trying to render this big thing. Yeah, I mean, that's half the reason why it's so minimalistic and stark at times. It's because they needed to keep everything down. Yeah. 
Like, a game running badly doesn't necessarily cause too much of a problem. It depends on the kind of game. Like, yeah. Oh, I did have one PlayStation 2 game. It was um, called Sagashi ni Ikoyo. And mm-hmm. it was just a cute little game. had pretty good uh, 3D modeling on the characters. Um, it was set up like a an elementary school Dungeons & Dragons module. That's very much. The problem was that the thing was printed to CD format. Hmm. Not DVD. Hmm. So in running it, my my PlayStation 2 was making the... It was, just, it was about to vibrate itself off the shelf a few times. Yeah. The PS2 has... Typically, a lot of trouble with those, yeah, blueback CD games. Yeah, I can never figure out why they had it printed on that. A lot of a lot of games did that early on because it was cheap. As yeah, that's about the only thing I could really come to a conclusion on there. And so, I mean, I mean, the game didn't. I mean, the game itself did not run too badly. It was just that the PlayStation Two was about to run off with it. Yeah, I noticed... Because I had one of those upright standing ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. PS2 DVD drives, especially in those early ones, were not the hardiest things in the world. So, like, I noticed that when mine's disc read laser was dying, the first thing that it started failing on was was CDs. Hmm. Well, mine was actually a later model, thankfully, and it still works, actually. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, it's just... Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, those are those are what sticks out to me. It's like, oh, this, this runs bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just go look at the PS1 library. Anything that you don't remember the name of probably runs real bad. <laughs> Siphon filter. Oh, that runs like garbage. Yep. Anything that tries for a behind-the-back camera, anything that has full 3D environments in general is just going to run real bad. Yeah, Merminoid had that issue. Which was unfortunate, because I really did like that game. It just ran like crap in the environments. Yeah. Like, even some things that, like, still play otherwise largely fine, like Vagrant Story runs real bad. (laughs) It's it's a slow enough game that it's not a huge problem, but you will get inputs eaten because the game kind of runs bad, and uh, the, okay. the chain Okay, the different system. issue. Um, it, I mean, we're, we're mainly just talking about issues between the software and hardware, but mm-hmm. I'm remembering some of the bugs I had with the Secret of Mana Vita release, hmm. where um, occasionally the thing would get stuck and not um, when I did a spell and it wouldn't do the spell. And then when I chose a, a, another spell to do, it would then do the spell that it had just skipped. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. And no, this would keep going and going and going until I'd saved the game and turned it off. It's just like one behind in the the queue of the input queue that it seems to have, I guess. Yes. So I, um, so for several of the, I mean, whenever this hit me in a boss battle, I would have to start actually... Um, planning all of my spell use two steps in advance to make sure that when I needed a healing spell, I could actually get one. It's not a bug, it's just trying to force you to be strategic. It's a feature. Yeah, and <laughs> it's also the same version of the game where I put counter magic on my hero and the spell never wore off. <laughs> Good work. Fancy. Yes. 
quality. I mean, it didn't it make that. It didn't wear off until three bosses and two levels later when I find when that character finally got killed in the Mana Holy Land. And then he came. He was able to be raised without the counter magic on him. But besides that, or beyond um, before that, he was reflecting everything, including all healing spells put on him. You know, I know they wanted that to be faithful to the original, but I don't think they needed to, you know, included include like the massive bugginess that the original game had as well. Thing is, I don't remember any of this bugginess in the original game. It had some pretty weird it, issues. It had some weird ones, but these specific ones, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I just mean that in general, they made I it as buggy as having, I also don't remember having to have Dryad magic leveled up to 8 on both characters in order to beat the final boss. Oh, I didn't have to have it up to level 8 to beat the final boss. For a new version or old version? Because I know I didn't on the new, old version. New version. Uh, I think it was like is, four I, at most. I couldn't get the stupid um, sword to manifest long enough to hit the dragon. Uh, I mean, I had to cast it like it, it was. It was. It was a long run. I'm just gonna put it at that. Yes. Yeah. But I. So yeah. I so also I, was playing I the PS4 version. As soon as I get a Switch, I'm gonna get the Switch collection for those three and enjoy that instead. Nice. <laughs> with, with better with better multiplayer ability. Built it's not. Console. It's not too late, Square. You can still bring that over. No one will complain. Yes, but we'd have they'd have to put in the extra money to translate SD three. <laughs> that can't be a great deal more than they spent on the cell phone quality, <laughs> freaking remake. Mm-hmm. Uh... Yes, but accountants don't think the same way that players do. Uh, didn't they? I swear they trademarked a name like Collection of Mana. Maybe but one they, day. But they trademark a lot of things that they never intend to publish. It's true, it's true. It's just, just weird that they trademarked it like recently. Just because <laughs> the trademark trolls are so rampant. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's nice okay. to though. Okay, next question, why not? Dave was mentioning his attempts to level everyone in Dragon Quest VIII to level 99. So how did that end up? It finished. It was terrible that I did it. I was in a bad space at the time, but I did it. It happened. Yay. Has anyone, has anyone else subjected themselves to gaming tasks of this nature before? Yes, I platinumed uh, Natural Doctrine for no apparent reason. Yeah, like tro- trophies and achievements generally are the sort of thing that awakens us in people. But... Yeah, and that yes. one in- involved rushing through all the multiplayer achievements because I knew for a fact that the multiplayer population of that game was not going to last very long. <laughs> <laughs> Never yeah, mind. I mean, I, I kind of got there for a bit with um, Pokemon Black 2, White 2 just because I like the achievements there. But normally I don't platinum stuff. Yeah. I've never felt compelled by them. Like, the, there has to be something that's interesting in the game for me to do it. Like, currently I'm trying to beat Devil May Cry 5 on every... on the highest difficulty mode, so, like, that's kind of the same concept of, like, eh, normally I don't bother with these, but this time... Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I mean, I did go out of my way to get a couple of trophies for Darkest Dungeon just because one of them was send four resolution level zero characters into the Darkest Dungeon... And then have a full party wipeout. 
two different trophies achieved in one sit- sitting. Yeah, that seems like that. <laughs> Within five minutes of each yeah. other. Because <laughs> yeah. at, at that level, they walk into the darkest dungeon and they automatically get forty to fifty sanity off. <laughs> they they didn't know what hit them. Oh, they did know what hit them. It was very large, squamous. <laughs> So, they didn't like what hit them, but nobody likes what hit them. Um, but you know, otherwise, I think the only games game I actually, only games I ever actually got anyone even close to, like the full party being up to le- max level would be the Metal Max two, three, and four. Just because the new game plus carries over uh, levels and then severely ups the difficulty of all the enemies. So, um, yeah, so those were games I actually got at, um, I mean, those are games that actually offer a, uh, basically a super drug that raises your level cap. Fun. So I got, a, like, a level 120 on one of those games. <laughs> see, I'm trying to think of other things that I've done stupid with. I've, I've mentioned before that I did the stupid thing in Grandia 1 where you ramp up your uh, water magic to level 99 immediately. Mm-hmm. Though that was less challenge run, more insanity run. Because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that really just busts the game. Um, let's see. Um, I did the thing in Final Fantasy 6 where you could like tape down the A button at one point and the characters were getting their oh, loop where the, they the basically won't die. Yep. That's not even like... like Hardcore min-maxers will scoff at you for doing that because you can't <laughs> do it until... You can only do it before the espers where you get the best stat growths. But, I mean, that game's not hard enough for it to matter. I got to yeah. level 99 in that. I don't remember why I did that. Yeah. Oh, one, one bit of insanity. Again, Metal Max. I saw a video once where somebody managed to take out the final the uh, final challenge boss of Metal Max Returns, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Noah, the genocidal AI itself, without tanks. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. And again, this is a this is a series where enemies are very definitely balanced as for, for personal arms and for artillery. Yeah. And you really do not want to go up against an artillery class boss on foot. And they did it. It was ridiculous. In a similar vein to like this doing weird challenges, there was a period where I would, like right after Star Ocean 2 came out on PSP, where I would just go through the game, but with weird theme parties. Just getting like, oh, what if I did it with basically no one? What if I did it with as many of this kind of character as possible? And did that a few times. Oh, you would probably have enjoyed Star Ocean Blue Sphere then, because that really lets you do that. Yeah, yeah. And I saw someone... Oh, yeah, it was, it was one of the... I saw a tweet by the guy who run who does uh, AGTP, the, one of the fan translation groups that was talking about, like, working on Blue Sphere. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, Springs Eternal. It's a fun game. Yeah. Yep. It's like Star Ocean meets um, Tales in a lot of ways, just from the side view combat perspective. But which yeah. is interesting because Star Ocean was already kind of a cousin series to Tales, but 
Yeah, more like a stepchild or stepbrother. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, uh, that was that was kind of a fun, like, silly thing to do, just because Star Ocean Two gives you a lot of like choices for party loadout in terms of like. Well, these characters come into conflict, and these characters come into conflict, but otherwise you can just put whoever in whatever. So, <laughs> you can put in, like, oh, these characters suck. Let's use all of them. Hey, I I remember doing some very interesting party loadouts on Chrono Cross. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a lot of potential for that. The Chrono Cross characters don't draw me in enough to think about doing it, because, like, the nuts and bolts of how their stat loadouts work isn't that interesting to me, but you absolutely, if you got into it, could get into some weird stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Only non-humans. That would still give you, like, 15 party members to use. <laughs> yeah. Um, or organize the characters by the annoyingness or the annoyance of their particular verbal tics. <laughs> Poshu shoes full speed ahead. Yeah. Uh, or oh, it's very important. Very very important. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, well, the fact that the uh, the supposedly French jester girl has some of the worst French I've ever seen. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Like, I, I mean, I remember. I mean, since I was actually take, I'd been taking French for several years when that one came out, and I'm like. <laughs> Okay, she's. I know she's trying to say be quiet or shut up, but you know you really should put this into some form of conjugation besides the infinitive. Because just, you're really saying be quiet, to be quiet, to be quiet. But yeah, it's it's one of those like that that makes it very much sound like they pulled out a dictionary and pulled up whatever they could find for that phrase and then didn't think about yeah. conjugation at all. Which, I mean, you would think that at least an English speaker would realize that, hey, this is probably an infinitive. You would think. Yeah. And yet. Yeah. There aren't that many languages that don't have infinitive forms of some type. Yeah. Japanese, Bulgarian, Chinese. Okay, yeah. Maybe Korean. Um, Linguistic nerdery. Yay! Yeah, like, I usually reserve my challenge or weird runs for action games. Like, I actually bothered finishing Metal Gear Rising Revengeance on Revengeance mode, which is kind of a choke mode, but... I've beaten, like, three levels of Dark Souls post-game. That was a thing. Oh, yeah, you did that that period, that degenerate period where you were on, like, New Game Plus 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 or something. That was terrifying. Yes, it was. I mean... I think the the last one I left off, I was getting murdered by skeletons because I couldn't use my fully leveled up weapon against them, so I had to try and level up a holy weapon. I was like, yeah, I'm going to play something else now. I'm good. Were you just not holding on to a holy weapon that entire time? or Surprisingly, no. I don't know how I dealt with them the previous runs. I think I just ran past them or something, but it's, that's just too tough at this point. Yeah, no, I, you couldn't really get away with it by that point. I yeah. I want to see someone reach a point where to to play the game in such a way as to force Pinwheel to be some kind of challenge. <laughs> I remember fighting that thing for the first time and killing it in three hits and wondering what on earth had happened. I guess you're su- not necessarily quote unquote supposed to wander down there earlier, but you can. There's no, there is nothing that 
draws the player to that and many things that push them away from it, so I have no idea what their thought process was putting that there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, mostly I stay away from challenge runs, but, I mean, tedious nonsense, I'm your man. So... So, I mean, looking forward to doing the same awful degenerate thing when Dragon Quest XI S comes out. <laughs> Speaking of, they announced more new content for Dragon Quest XI S. Mm. These solo chapters where you play as individual party members, sort of like a Dragon Quest IV thing, except it's not all at the beginning of the game. Sweet. So that's neat. That version looks good. Uh... <laughs> Is it out yet? I want to play it now. Give it to me. Oh, it's give not out me, until the end of the year. Give me my copy right now. It's not out until the end of the year. you got to wait. Give it. Give it. I don't have it. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Uh, I'm actually looking at the questions. I turned on. Oh, you know what's coming out sooner than that, though? What? The next Hearthstone expansion, finally. Oh, that's not an RPG, okay? Yes, it is. No. No, 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 It's no. based on an RPG, though. Is it? Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's like more, Heroes of Warcraft or whatever? Yeah, and it's more based on World of Warcraft than classic Warcraft 3, so I can say that even. Based on a game you care about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the last expansion hit... Hit in December and did absolutely nothing to the game, so... Um, completely stagnated the metagame. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to um, the new set, which will which will kick in the standard rotation, and they announced that some degenerate cards are going out a year early, so it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. Finally. Tell me about what's being rotated out, Wheels. Uh, Death Knights are gone. That is. And holy fucking shit. Wow. Well, well, we're going to 18 plus on the iTunes now. Uh, well, you know, just uh, if you happen to pop in the stream video and see what I'm fighting, it's, um... I'm gonna die, okay? Okay, but I yeah. sort of expect that most of the time. What am I All right, but, at? um, let's just, uh, let's go to the next question while I get murdered in Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's Master Hunter. Yeah, it's Nergigante. He's kind of um, frightening. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll read the question. Thank you. This one's from Eternal Youth. Uh, what are your favorite and face-palming RPG plot twists you've experienced over the years? I think we <laughs> talked about bad plot twists not that long ago, and we're just going to yeah. talk about Star Ocean Sleep for another hour. But uh, God. Uh, God. Yeah. As for good ones, that's kind of a more interesting question. Um, I got a good one off the bat. I, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm it's not exactly I, well I don't know good's the right word it was entertaining at the time I think it's kind of typical for JRPGs I'm talking about Grandia 2 oh the, the, the church was evil yeah the surprise the church is evil plot was pretty interesting to me and the whole I can't remember if like the light god was dead or suggested. he's freaking dead Granus is dead that's what I thought so it was for a game that was kind of somewhat lighthearted at times, that was pretty dark. It's not as lighthearted as its prequel. But yeah. 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 The thing, the thing that sticks out to me 
in Grandia 2 is not so much the church is evil because that's normal, but that the Pope wants to fuse with all the parts of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was something. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> but <laughs> that's uh that's I was thinking of like this this was kind of the uh the archetype a fairly archetypal twist at this point, but like was kind of surprising at the time. It's like, oh Claude was just some nobody. <laughs> just this dude. Yep. Went off to try to be a hero, came back as just a fa- a literally faceless grunt. <laughs> With massive PTSD. Yeah. Like that was that was not something I expected out of an RPG. No, I didn't <laughs> even anything. get it. I I don't know if I wasn't paying attention to the story the first time or whatnot, but I didn't even get what was going on. The game is not well translated enough for that to come across super clear. But looking at what it's actually trying to express, yeah, the idea that like, oh, he he went off to try to be a hero and he just ended up like some dork that they did a couple experiments on and didn't really do much. And then he tries to work his way past that. Yeah. Let's mosey. Yep. Yeah, I, the, I fact think... that, the fact that he's the guy in the truck getting car sick in his own flashback. Yeah, like he has mentally deleted the idea that he was the guy that was a dork in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it was just Oh uh, god. Yeah. So that was that's that is still I think a good twist that adds a lot to its story, which is kind of the I feel like the quality of a twist hinges on is it still interesting or entertaining or do good things to the story mm. after the shock is over. Um <laughs> Tactics Ogre has a twist very early on that I still think is one of the best in mm. that sort of video game. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to talk about it because the game's old enough and it's early on in the game where you have to pick uh, to murder everyone in a village uh, that will make the bad guys look bad or don't do that and turn on the people fighting for the freedom of your people that you've been working on, working with this whole time. And it's just... We're going to make a morally gray RPG. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're not the first one, because I remember Langrisser 2 had something similar where, <laughs> like, after the first or second chapter, you could literally completely change sides. Hmm. And so the next few bosses were your, all your former comrades. Speaking of, this isn't really a twist, but I do like that idea of, like, bifurcating the game very early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Front Mission 3 does that, but in a way that's not entirely clear what it's doing. Mm-hmm. That game's really good, by the way. Everyone go play Front Mission 3. <laughs> uh, there's also another point in Tactics Ogre. This probably doesn't qualify as a twist, but I had to retry a conversation like five different times to get the character to not kill themselves. <laughs> oh, good times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that is a that is a game that everyone should play. <laughs> yeah, that that should be available for more things because it's basically uh, no longer. It's not on the. I don't think it was ever on the Wii U Virtual Console. It was on the Wii Virtual Console, but and then you no, got the PSP version. No, it was never on. I don't think it was ever on the Wii Virtual Console because we never got the Super Nintendo version in English. Oh, we only, we only got the we? PS1 version. 
Uh, tactics, or battle, ogre battle special edition, or whatever. Yeah. So I think the only way to play it right now, legally, is on PSP or Vita. Yep. And yeah, that's uh, that's a bit of a shame by itself, actually. Yeah. Let us cling together. Uh, let's see other twists in games. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics. Which one? Uh, <laughs> quest adjacent games. That's, that's a good point. Uh, well, Advance had some really good twists and turns. Yeah, yeah. And Especially that one that people are still arguing about. We've discussed this recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but I was specifically thinking of the first Final Fantasy Tactics where, hey, your best buddy kind of becomes a villain. Uh, that sure that sure does lead to an ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What an ending it leads. <laughs> Can we just talk about the ending for a second? Game's like twenty okay. one years old. Yeah. He just goes ahead and murders uh the princess, queen? Was he married to her? I forget exactly. He was married yeah, to her by that yeah. point to solidify his legitimacy as the Yep. Like, yep. she kind of tries to kill him, but seemingly in part just because she can't bear to live with him because he spent most of the game turning himself into a monster. In the figurative sense. There's a lot of characters that turn themselves into monsters, literally. Yes. <laughs> and and there's another one where, hey, the church is not only evil, but it was actually founded by 12 demons. Or 13 <laughs> demons. Yeah, that's and weird. Messiah is literally the Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, that. that's kind of hinted at at the beginning of the game, it's not as clear, at least in the original translation, that that's what it's hinting at, by virtue of the fact that, like, the the premise of the game is that Darabon is, like, uncovering this, like, history that no one had been able to report due to politics for the last, like, 300 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I still love that you, like, the one of the last levels in that game is you go down to, like, an airship graveyard, which yeah. is... It is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yasumi Matsuno games tended to have this sort of, like, thing happening of, like, nobility overshadowed by history is something that shows up as a theme in several of his games. And now I'm remembering Night of Lotus, where the great MacGuffin that everyone's trying to find, the actual Spear of Destiny, was discovered by one of the characters like 15 years before when he was eight years old and he accidentally dropped it down a crack in the <laughs> Yep. And so all of the brain bending that he went through after that was simply because, simply because the demon knew that somehow he had had contact with it, but they couldn't find the thing. <laughs> and he, the demon even says like, seriously, this is what happened to it. Like all it this get... time. And this is what happened to it. Like this, this wasn't hidden in any specific fashion. This wasn't like someone deliberately trying to conceal it. No, oops, whoopsie daisy, dropped it <laughs> down a crack. Yep. Yeah, Night of Lotus is a decent game. Yeah. Decent uh, forgotten little video game. I need to play that one. I've uh, got a copy of it if you'd like. I do actually have a copy. It's so, never got around to it. Other 
This is one Plot that twists. I... Um, I'm thinking back to Dungeons and Dan. Uh, so, hello? Hello. Still here? Yeah? Yes. Okay. I was just in Dungeons and Dam. You have these two sisters who are um, like the shrine maidens, and mm-hmm. like pretty much identical except for facial expressions. And around chapter seven, you, you actually kind of accidentally find out that one of them is actually a boy. Hmm. And um, and he's rather surprised that nobody that everyone else didn't realize because he always uses a masculine first person pronoun, and everyone just assumed that she was a tomboy and said that instead. And none of you, and none of you question this, <laughs> because hey, Bokuchan is a thing in Japanese anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very anime sort of thing. Yeah, it doesn't really work well in English translation because English does not have enough first-person pronouns to really accurately do this. Yeah, there's, there's basically just the unisex I and my me. They're, they're really, it's impossible to get across that with just the. <laughs> first-person pronouns we have. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I think I even mentioned this in an earlier podcast once, but my little brother told me a story about how he he was at a college course and they were going over one of the books of Haruki Murakami, mm-hmm. and they were discussing this one chapter, or not one chapter, this one section of a chapter where he was talking about um, like, self, um, like self-identity and things like that, and mm-hmm. the one guy in the class who was reading it in the Japanese, because that was his native language, was like, okay, guys, where is this? Because it's not in my copy. Mm. Because apparently this was added into the English translation to help um, explain the, some of the weirdness with the characters, um, because in Jap- the Japanese version, they were just being defined by their personal pronouns. <laughs> and you couldn't get the same nuance across in English, so they actually added a, ch- uh, a couple paragraphs, apparently. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that kind of thing. Which Murakami book was this? I have no idea which one it was. Mm, I just remember him telling me about it once. Fair Fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, uh... Like, the only... Another thing that I guess... Another one of these I guess I'll bring up just because it's interesting how it was handled is that there's kind of a meta twist in the remakes of uh, Lunar 1, where, whether by accident or intent, I was never clear on which part of this changed it, the original or the translation, but Galleon's motivation is not consistent between the original version of Lunar on Sega CD and the... uh, and the PS1 and later remakes. Mm-hmm. It's like backwards, actually. I'm trying to remember what his motivation was in the version I played. In in the Sega CD version in English, mm-hmm. he has like a hang-up about like humans being controlled by the by the goddess. Mm-hmm. But in the PS1 version in English, he has a hang-up about like without an all-powerful being to direct them that humans can't possibly survive. So his motivation went a complete 180 between versions in English. Mm-hmm. Which, again, functions as a meta twist, but I'm unclear if it was a translation change or if it was just how the game was actually written and rewritten. Mm-hmm. 
because there's some pretty extensive rewriting between uh, the Sega CD version and the PS1 version, regardless. Yeah, the yeah, kind of complete opposite motivations. Yeah, so that was that was kind of fun. It's it's not really a twist in either version by itself, which is what makes it stick out. It's only a twist when you've played one and then play the other. Yeah. Okay. Uh, want to move on? Mm-hmm. Uh, one other good twist, which mm-hmm. is uh, near. Which one? There's a lot of possible twists you could be talking about. <laughs> Just the the basic. Hey, you're not really humans. You're you're vessels that the humans are supposed to go back into at some point. And hey, you're actually killing humans. You monster. Yeah. Like there's there's a point where like the amount of games I've ha- played where the twist is you were killing people the whole time got kind of played out for me. So that one never struck me that well. But well, I think I thought it was well done in that one. Yeah, I can understand. I just at this point, like I've seen that twist a lot of times. Sure. So even sure. in a really well executed situation, it's just like, oh, this one again. <laughs> listen, I want. Listen, what I'm gonna say. What I'm saying is that play that it doesn't have the same impact for me as dropping it almost by accident in a Silent Hill game with someone just saying, "Those look like monsters to you." <laughs> but yeah. Uh, a lot, lot of twists in those games. A lot of people like them more than I do, so I won't continue on that. Uh, <laughs> listen, Dragon Guard one scarred me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I could see that. It's a very bad game. Yep. Um, so we're, I don't so is every it. other game in that series. <laughs> Near Automata is a decent video game. No, I mean Dragon Guard. Oh, the Dragon Guard series. Yeah. yeah. They're very bad gameplay experiences. Yes. I tried to play three. <laughs> How about that? Uh, yeah, it didn't last very long. Yeah, I mean, there, there are situations where, like, you can debate about how intentional it is that they're completely unfun to play and player hostile, but... Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, everyone groans for good reason when a mobile release for a classic or new RPG is announced. What do you think would improve the perception on this maligned platform? Like, I think mm. that's a lot to do with who we're talking about. Like, I don't think there's any way to reach us as an audience, because we're not who they're aiming for when they put things on mobile. Yeah. Yep. And we got some people, even on our own forums, who will just complain to high heaven if anything is published on anything besides their personal salvation console. Oh yeah. no, a new game, but it's mobile only. How dare you? How dare or, they put a Diablo then, on mobile? How dare they? Then, oh, this game is on the console I like, but it's also on this console, this console, and this console. Why are they wasting time? Listen, <sighs> I'm only going to buy it on one of those. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... I don't think... I, I think we're sitting in a position where it's like, uh, it's trying to reach us is basically impossible. <laughs> like, if if they want the audience that is reading RP Gamer or listening to an RP Gamer podcast, I mean, probably not going to find a lot of them just with a mobile exclusive release, which isn't to say none of, no one that visits this sort of site cares about mobile, but I mean, like, it's an, it's an old site that focuses on, you know, 
console RPGs primarily, so not the not the ideal audience. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, not not I don't think anything's really gonna fix that perception. Um, to talk, I want to talk specifically about putting like classic RPGs on the phone. I mean, I always prefer give me a new experience in that franchise on the phone, like say uh, the Fire Emblem game, Fire Emblem, was it Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, is like a perfectly fine mobile Fire Emblem game that fits all the nonsense you usually see on a mobile. Or give me something well, like Hearthstone on mobile. Breath of Fire Six, which people were very furious about. Uh, is that dead now? That might be dead now. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. Is you you want to hold console RPGs just don't control that good on mobile. <laughs> It's not really a lot of... I don't... I imagine that they sell just fine, but, I mean, it feels to me like missing an opportunity to focus on making mobile versions of things that aren't designed to be played on touchscreens. <laughs> you could be making a new experience that actually plays well on this. <laughs> Instead of porting Vi to the iPhone. Ugh. Remember that? Remember when that happened? Because that happened in like 2008. It was a very early RPG on the iPhone. Mm. You know, the beloved Sega CD RPG. I think the the only port I found to be really good on the iPhone was The World Ends With You. But that that's was... mostly because it was already a touchscreen game. Yeah, they basically just simplified it a bit. Yeah, and Yeah, and it works better really on the iPhone. I just looked at the list of release platforms for Vi. It's very good because it's just like Sega CD October 22nd, 1993. Download July 11th, 2008. <laughs> platforms Sega CD. Apple iPhone. Very strange. I still don't know why that happened. <laughs> yeah, nothing's going to fix... Uh, people that hate it are going to hate it. There's not much you can really do about it, and probably half of them that hate it are actually playing lots of random stuff on their mobile anyway, so... Yeah, like, yeah, eventually, like, attrition will wear people down, like, just real deciding, like, getting used to it as the normal will eventually yeah, I think get people more than any individual game will. I think there was a time when people thought, oh, mobile's going to, like, replace all our games. I, I, at some point, people have to realize that's not going to happen. It's, a, it's just it's a different own, niche. Right, it's its own thing. Yeah, I feel like that Get kind of it. got... I think that kind of got... Uh, that fear largely got chased away by the fact that things like the PS4 and 3DS and now the Switch have all succeeded while mobile has continued to exist and neither has successfully killed the other. So, you know, that probably has helped the perception of mobile. It's now, like, the kinds of business tactics that exist on mobile that scare people away more than mobile itself. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And moving into the next, the last question from Eternal Youth. Lastly, do you like when RPGs go the go the extra mile in terms of flavor text, such as legendary weapon lore in Baldur's Gate, or the copious compendiums we got in terms of lore in Xenosaga, Dragon Age, FF12, and 13, for example? 
Yeah. Uh, yes and no. Like I don't like be... it when that's the only story. Looking at you, Destiny. Wow, harsh. Uh, I was actually going to say, like, I don't like it when it's presented as a compendium. Like, an in-game encyclopedia of fake things is generally not the way I want to see that expressed. Mm. It's acceptable for those to be in there, but in general, like, if I find something and the game helpfully highlights, this is what it is in the codex, uh, that's around the point where I'm going to be like, mm, don't feel like interfacing with your world if every time I see something, the only explanation is going to be, look in the book. Hmm strong opinions yeah so yeah I, I really love it when it's it's adding on to an already great story and just yeah don't re don't replace your story with flavor text please you've been you've been scarred but, yeah uh, well i mean but, uh, there was a lot more to it than just that I'm probably yeah being yeah. a little unfair but yeah but that's what the symptom looked like yeah but uh, I guess to expand upon the point I was making, like, I don't... There's a certain disconnect that comes from finding an object and its only explanation being in a lore dump in text form in, like, some sort of compendium. Like, if that's... If, if I can't tie together, like, what... So, like, let's say I find, like, a monster in, say, Xenoblade or Final Fantasy or whatever... Like, if I want to think of that as, like, an animal that lives in this world, there needs to be some degree of, like, you can notice behaviors that it has. And then, like, the ex the compendium ex explains more about them. So, like, the, the hunts in FF12 work better for me than, like, a compendium entry that explains how, like, frickin' space guns work or whatever. Like... Uh, because you do observe that creature existing in however slight a fashion. And then, like, the compendium explains more about how it exists in ways that the game can't reasonably express. But, like, lore, lore should... These compendium lore should expand and expound on things that are already evident, rather than being the only explanation for something that merely just exists within the world. Mm. And that's why I'm still going to complain about the Final Fantasy Type Zero opening for ten minutes. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I won't. I won't. It's fine. We can just say that game is garbage and leave it at that. And I told you all. You were all warned. No I'm one listened to me. I'm not even the one this time. <laughs> no one listened to me. Everyone uh, was all, shut up, wheels. I'm excited for this terrible game that's coming. Okay, no, we're done. We're actually done now. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, like like lore to ex use lore to expand rather than to replace. Yes. Okay, and we'll close it off with this last Budai question. What is your favorite two D Dragon Quest? Ooh. It's five. <laughs> it's four. Three. Two. Wow. No, I don't, I don't think I was ever going to say no. two or one. One? No, I was no, just continuing. I was, Game Boy Color. It was really fun. I was just continuing the That's, countdown. So. Yeah, but we're not. Uh, 
But yeah, I, th- I think we both, I, I think all of us started at least with something we were being sincere about. <laughs> yeah, 4. I love, love me some 4. It's a quality game. I have quibbles with its structure, but I mean, they're also why people like it, so. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, 5, I really like the setup. I really like the, I mean, it has, it, it feels the most cohesive to me, so. And I don't know. It's, it's just a really charming game. That's true. That's going to be true. Basically, all of these with any Dragon Quest, like it's just this is really charming. So, what one charmed you the most? Mm-hmm. Tell me, Wheels. What's your favorite chapter? Uh, I think it's obvious. Can you guess which one? Mm, well, none of them star an anthropomorphic wheel, so no. <laughs> Um, he has his own spin-off game, Games yeah, no, I was going to guess Torneco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the most unique one. That's the one that doesn't play like a normal Dragon Quest game. Yeah. Yes. Adds, a, adds a lot of character to the game. Yeah. And then Torneco just sits around appraising all of your items. <laughs> Occasionally tells a naff gag. Or trips. Good Everything, times. every weird thing that Torneco can do in battle is worth seeing. <laughs> uh, what about you, uh, guys? And like, it's just DQ three on GBC is just a really good experience, or? Yeah, it was. Well, except for how I managed to miss one of the tiny medals and then grab the gold gauntlet in the pyramid. Oops. Yep. Guaranteeing I would never get that medal again. I love missables. Uh... Oh, no, I mean, technically it wasn't missable. It was just the fact that I had grabbed the gold gauntlet from the, the pyramid meant that I suddenly had an encounter rate of once every three steps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might as well be missable at that point. But, oh, was I going to say something about it? Uh, that does remind me, speaking of the last question, I think the DQ ports on mobile are actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I've played a few of them. They all seem decent, even the DQ8 one. Yeah, that's not, not that's the least ideal way to play it. But I mean, if you were re- oh, speaking of games that run badly, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, the the four port on the on the phone is actually better than the DS one, at least the American DS one. So. But, yeah, uh, that version of DQ3 is also probably quite good. I'm just going to assume it is. <laughs> but, it's based yeah. on like the Super Nintendo version, isn't it? Yeah, which was which was a nice remake. Very pretty. I think I've actually got that on my Amazon Fire tablet, and I should play that some more. It seems like a good user time. Yes. Okay, we ready to close the book on this one? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, <laughs> that's my train of thought. Questions in the comment section or on Discord, both will be answered. Yes. Uh, next week, I don't know, I'll probably be rambling about Sekiro. Prepare yourself. Oh, that's right, that's right. Uh, uh, that's right. Uh, no show next week. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, okay. Because uh, it's PAX week, and I have to leave myself some time to get work done so I can actually take the day off and go to PAX. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, okay. Week from next, I'll have a lot of things to say about Sekiro. Sometimes yes. not as Tenchu Souls. And I will uh, have some things to talk about, too. Probably a new Borderlands game, by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. And possibly another port of two, based on some of the other things they're saying. For Switch? <laughs> yeah, they keep hinting at that. Hmm. Sweet. can put my Vita copy to bed. <laughs> and send it off to a Viking funeral. Yes. A Viking funeral? You mean toss it in front of a bus? <laughs> I was thinking more like on a burning boat, but yeah. Borderlands I'm, I'm, Day. I'm being too hard on it. They tried their best. They did good okay. work. They they did a good job given what they were doing was yes. insane. Yes. Let's see. Yeah, apparently they're teasing like multiple games at PAX, so Huh. Well, I mean the Borderlands three they made very obvious, so either that's what they're announcing, or they're trolling the hell out of us. They're definitely going to announce more than one thing. Yeah. Also, so, uh, this are... uh, hmm? uh, also taking bets on whether or not Borderlands 3 will actually be an online shooter, a la Destiny, Division, etc. I mean, that's kind of the natural place for it to go, given yeah. the time it's been, but, I mean, that market is also probably kind of saturated to enter in now. Yeah, that's true, so... Stomp on the grave of Tragic Tragic Anthem. <laughs> yes, I'm undecided if that's what they'd actually do. I, 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 I don't know. We'll, we'll see. <sighs> but... Yeah, moving. So, see you guys in two weeks. See you, Space Cowboys. See ya. Uh,